Good morning. Welcome to Caffeinate Your Career. Today's topic is how to deal with a bad interviewer. I'm your host, the career coach with the most, Jason Hopper. With me today is the, <coughs> our sensational Senior Director of Career Financial Services, Ms. Allison Harding. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Allison, I'm checking to see if we are live okay. right now. While he's doing that, uh, how do you deal with bad interviewers? Not everybody knows how to interview. They could be a great boss. They could be a great manager. They could have a great skill of being able to work with people. They don't know how to interview. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about that and how you can help that interview progress positively instead of turning into a negative mess. Yeah, I think that's that's the one thing to remember. It's just like they sometimes they're just not good at interviewing. Right. Um, it could be for a variety of reasons. I mean, the position's open because there's either growth, mm -hmm. which is great, or somebody got terminated. Or, or quit, which is not great. But either way, there's like a little bit of extra stress in the department now because, well, the work still has to get done. Somebody just has to pick up that slack. And it could just be that the interviewer, the hiring manager is just extra stressed out and has to take time out of their day to talk to three, four people. And it's just uh, time consuming and something that they just don't want to do. Um. So, I mean, and you're not really going to know until you, like, really get in there right. and actually talk, like, like talk to them. Um, but oftentimes, they just don't like to interview. And so, the interviewer itself, the interviewer's just not really great at it. Um, and then, sometimes, we have illegal questions. So... A bad interviewer, again, doesn't make a bad person. It just means that person hasn't been trained on how to interview, what kinds of questions they can or cannot ask, how to ask the question, um, how to build on the responses of the person they're interviewing. There's all sorts of different aspects to interviewing. And if you haven't been trained, it's really hard. It is a skill yeah. because you're trying to make the interviewee feel comfortable. You're trying to gather information to see if they're a good fit for the job, for the company, for your department. Um, are they going to be the solution to your problem? The problem is the vacancy. And as Jason said, there's stress with that. So sometimes there are questions that are asked that aren't um, quite legal, quite right yeah and they're doing it for because in their mind they know the department and they want to know if you can fit into either their time frame or the hours that they work or um what benefits everybody there um when um we were when i was in staffing one of the questions that was often asked that is legal but the answer is to find out if you have family obligations is can you work overtime great question they don't really care if you can work overtime or not this company didn't even have overtime they wanted to know if you had obligations that you could pick up the kids you had to be home to help your mom and dad you know all different things 
so we had taught our clients to say things like, I can work overtime most of the time. How often do you have it? Now you're reverting that question back to the interviewer, and they don't know that it's in response that that you're not really answering how many kids do you have, yeah. and I have to pick them up at 5:30 every day. Um, the question really, and that's what that person was trying to find out. Now they've re turned it back, and so there are things that you can be taught to say to move those forward. Because if you sit here and say. Um, you know what, I can work some overtime, but I have to pick up my kids by six o'clock. That's what time the daycare closes. So I need to leave by a quarter to six. You open, you the, open door, the door. And once that door is open, then the interviewer can ask you anything about your children because you've already told them you have children. You want to keep those doors closed. That's really important, be it children, family obligations, an obligation that you and your spouse have with each other, whatever it is. That door stays closed. They can't. They're not supposed to. They're not. <laughs> they're not supposed to pry and open that door. Sometimes they still do. But again, it's important that you answer the question. Most of the time, I can. Done. Right. So that brings up a great point, Allison, which is oftentimes companies don't invest in their people to get them trained up enough so that they don't know that they can ask those illegal questions. Exactly. Right. I mean, it, it's it's something that HR people go through. It's something that you as a, and me, as well as a, a, a career staffing as a recruiter, like we are trained <laughs> to right. ask questions around the question. But, but for illegal questions, guys, they cannot ask you questions based on age or genetic information, your birthplace, country of origin, or citizenship, disability, gender, sex, or sexual orientation, marital status, family or pregnancy, race, color, or ethnicity, or religion. So if someone pries into these things and asks these questions, either repeatedly or different ways, a way you can respond is, can you tell me why this is relevant in this role? I'm sure that person would say, well, it's, it's not. I was just curious. All right, well, let's move on. Yeah. That's all. And the other side of that is, do you really want to work for either a person who does that or a company who supports it? So Correct. if the person hasn't been trained and is asking these questions and, and sticks with it, is that somebody you can report to? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. Is it supported by the company? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. You don't know at this point, but then you still have the ability to make these decisions. Yeah, I, I you could always point out that it isn't a legal question, but I don't know that you want to really just get into like a, a thing of uh, employment law. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and, and also too, you don't want it to be uh, to get combative at that point. Right. Like, so the interviewer just like is like you know, oh, I just thought we were talking and you know, it's just trying to get to know you and it's like okay and now you got to backpedal because it just so someone who works here at JFS not here but a previous job this person had was asked um, they don't have any children and um, the interviewer said why don't you have children they were just blown away with the question because there's no response to that 
except it's none of your business. <laughs> but <laughs> mine have kids. Yeah. I don't like kids. I think they're they're, they're think germy they're little monsters, and, and I don't they cost like. Cost a lot of money. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> um, so you know, but again, that person either wasn't trained or was just prying or whatever it is. Do you want to work for that person? Yeah. Probably not. Um, sometimes the hiring managers will just have like stupid kind of questions, like questions that just like make no sense to the role. Um, like, like what superhero do you align with? Right? Batman. I can't even give, I have an A on mine. That would be myself. <laughs> you you line the most with yourself. You are pretty super, I will say. <laughs> Thank you. Um, those silly questions are actually asked for a reason oftentimes. And you may not know what the reason is, but it's a, a thought processing reason. So when my husband was working for a major corporation, one of the questions they would ask is, what kind of car do you drive? Nobody could care whether it was an old, old car or a new car or what it was. It was the way you answered it that they wanted to hear and how far they took you off track could you get back on track. Right. And so, again, depending on what the job is, these types of questions might be important not because of what the answer is, but because of the way you respond to it and the way you process it and answer it. So if you drove a, 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 a 1992 Dodge, nobody cared. It was... Oh, I, I drive an older car because, and give your answer, and then that's it. It's right. over. Right. I think oftentimes interviewers ask kind of off-the-wall questions to um, see how well you think on your feet and exactly. process the information. Yes. Um, because, make no mistake, all of the all of your answers should be practiced. Um you know some questions are going to be coming. I, if I, I told a client the other day, it's like the, the interview questions that they're going to be asking you, it's like a test you have the answers to. Right. Right? You know they're going to say to you. You know they're going to ask you, so, Allison, tell me a little bit about yourself. Or, hey, Allison, what's your greatest strength? Or what's your greatest weak? They're going to ask. You don't know all of the things they're going to ask, but the more prepared you are, the better off you're going to be for for the, the thing, so for the interview. One of my clients uh, just had an interview, and I thought this was a really good question. The interviewer said, what did you like about your old job? Not what did you did not like, but what did you like? And I thought that was a really good question. Those are good questions. Yeah, and, and so, I've never asked that. No, I haven't either. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so not So think really... about things that you've liked doing, also things Think about things that you didn't like doing. So if they ask that, what didn't you like about your old job? You can have an answer for that okay. also. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm funny. Um, so when you get asked an off-the-wall question, one of the things that you can do is respond. It's an interesting question. Um, I kind of like your perspective. What superhero do you best align with? Well, I really like um, Superwoman. What's she called? Supergirl. Supergirl? Yeah. Super, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alice needs to practice for that I question. If they ask that question. Wonder Woman. Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Okay. Yeah, well, there Supergirl. is a Supergirl. Oh, there is? Yeah. Okay. Also, to make sure that you keep your answer short. And if you ask me why I like Wonder Woman, because anyone who could fit into that uniform 
I'm impressed with. <laughs> Wonder Woman's tough, man. Yeah, she is tough. She's amazing. Uh, keep your answer short. That way you're not going to be rambling. Uh, unless you've, like, you know, practiced it out. Right? Because um, if I got that answer, I'd tell you Batman, I would tell you the exact reasons why. So here are some um, answers to some of these reframing of legal questions. So if you're asked them and you still like the company, but you really don't want to answer them. Um, if you're asked, do you have kids? Which, again, is not legal. If you're concerned whether I can work evenings or not, that will not be a problem. So you're not answering the, do I have kids? What you're answering is, I can do overtime or work evenings. Um, what nationality are you? Again, not legal. If you're concerned whether I'm able to work in this country, the answer is yes, and I can provide more docu documentation if necessary. So you're answering the question, you're just not coming out and saying, I'm this or I'm that. And finally, how old are you? Which is totally not legal. Um, and this was asked to a woman in her 60s, the interviewer, the viewee. Young enough to be excited by your long-term vision for the company and old enough to have the experience you need. Why do you ask? That's so a great it, answer. It is a great answer. It sort of falls in line with when we, if you're asked anything about your age, you can say, you know, I have so much to offer, but I still have so much to learn, and I have the ability to be able to do that. So those are the types of answers. Even if you're not asked your age, but you think that someone is sort of biased because they feel you're too old, fit something like this in here. Young enough to blah, 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 all those things, because it really is beneficial. We had a question in the chat. Monica asked, um, what if places are asking some of these questions in the application process with the option to not answer? Don't answer. Just don't answer. You don't have to. Yeah. And if they are... So if it's a major corporation, they are not at, in the in, in the application process. They are not asking them. Private companies, privately held companies, can oftentimes they they don't have to follow the federal laws because they're following their own rules. Yeah. So it's up to you what you want to do and what you feel is going to be important for you to be able to get that job. But if it were me, I probably if if it's an option to answer or not, I probably wouldn't. Uh, Yolanda asked, hey Yolanda, so what if they are persistent or they don't do it in a direct manner? If they don't do it in a direct manner, don't answer in a direct manner. Answer in the way the question is asked. If they are persistent, there are many different things that, that we can help you phrase to be able to walk around, answer the question, but not give a direct answer like how many kids do you have, how old are you, those types of things. There are many different responses you can have. And, you know, if they keep doing it, ask them, why is this so important to you? So I, I want to go back to Monica's question, which is, you know, and, and you, that's the right answer. So I don't answer the question. I think oftentimes uh, job hunters tend to forget they're in charge of the process, right? Exactly. It, it's like if you aren't really comfortable answering the question, you don't have to apply to the job. Nobody's making you apply to the job. Right. Or... Let's say you get referred by a friend for the position. The application is not letting you opt out of answering some of those questions. Don't do the application and go back to your friend and say, hey, what's up with that? And, you know, we, I mean, eventually you're going to get the interview and right. you have to fill out the application. But you can still continue the conversation if you want to. But when uh, I think employers are being too persistent, mm -hmm and wanting you to answer the question, 
guys, you got to remember, if they're treating you poorly during the interview process, they're probably going to treat you not really. Not, not necessarily. That's, story. that's right. Well, that that's that's right. So there could be a test, right? Like like if so, one of the one of the things that we have in our notes is there was a uh, person that interviewed for a position. Everybody she spoke to thought that they were just great, and she loved them, and they loved him, and they, they talked to the manager, and the manager was a complete jerk. The he was rude, whole time. nasty. Um, and so she went back to the recruiter from the third-party company and said, I don't want to work for this guy. He's a jerk. And why did you set me up with this person? And they kept... The recruiter kept after her to interview one more time, just one more time with HR. She shows up, HR's there, the guy's there. The jerk. The jerk. And he apologized, saying it was a test to see if she'd be able to handle difficult customers. And she ended up working there for many years and had a great relationship with him. And worked for that person for many, many years. And it was just the way they handled that particular situation to be able. So, And I've told this story many times before. My um, son, when he was graduating college, was obviously interviewing for jobs, and he wanted to work for this one particular company, and the interviewer was, is a jerk. I mean, he just is a jerk, and he was a jerk in the interview, but one of the things he did was say to, to my son, um, the interview started in November, and he said, call me next month on the 16th at 3 o'clock, and Kyle did just that. And he said, you know, they talked for a couple minutes. He said, you know what? Call me in January 19th at 1 o'clock. And so this went on for five months. And then in we were landing for his graduation, and he got the job offer. It was just a test. And it's the guy is a jerk, was a jerk, is a jerk, will always be a jerk, but he was a good boss because he taught a lot. And they're still very good friends and I, work together. I think, I think it, it, so if you can learn from the experience, exactly. um, you know, everywhere that you go, you should be learning something. Um, I think when, when you get a bad interviewer, though, it's really important to not show that you're irritated. Say that again? Don't show that you're irritated. Oh, yeah. Don't. Don't. Take, take like, keep... Take it in... Take the interview and control yourself. Yeah. I mean, you don't want, like, an eye roll or just a... <sighs> Kind of sigh, kind of. Or really? Or, yeah, like yeah. That's really? I would do. <laughs> like, keep it all professional the whole way through. Because just because, again, the person could be under a different bit of stress. They could have some family situation it could be that a day. Test. It could they could be jerks, like to to see how you're going to react. Um, but make sure that you are remaining professional if it's someplace that you you know you want to work. Yeah, and also, again, like Jason said, you're interviewing them also. And you can say things like, why do you ask these types of questions? Why is it important? And the person might say, you know, we found that people with children can't work past a certain time, and sometimes we have deadlines that we have to meet. So now you have a response, and you know why it's being asked. Is it legal? No, but they're asking it, and you can say, you know what? That I completely understand, and I want you to know it would be no problem to work overtime. I have a support system. That person can feel a whole lot better about being able to hire you 
because you do have a support system for picking up your kids or taking care of, of grandparents or parents or yeah, something like just, that. You're just answering the question behind the question. Yes. Yeah. And so unless you come back and take charge of that question in the interview, you don't know why it's being asked. And usually it's being asked because there's been a problem because of whatever. And, and so if they ask how old you are, you say, I'm 60 years old, and you know, they may roll their eyes and you might say, come back with something like, you know, you're probably doing that because you're, you're concerned about my knowledge of technology. I am really good. I have this, 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 I've learned this, this. What's your concern? Yeah. Come back with something. Don't leave it sitting there because then there's a, a maybe. And if there's a maybe, you're not going to get the job offer and move on to the next step. But if you can answer something or even assume what the answer might be, it could benefit you. We're talking about ageism, uh, and it comes up a lot. And one of the things that was uh, suggested, actually, what Marty Gilbert suggested. He tells a story of he had a client that came in, and they, they had a, the, the, their tablet. Uh-huh. They walked in, instead of a briefcase or whatever, they had the, their tablet. They just set it down on the table, Ooh, that's didn't good. do a thing with it, just it's right there and I know how to use it kind of thing. It's like the unspoken, here's what I'm up to date with, right? Mm -hmm. So I love that. Um, also, you're right. It's a, This is a conversation. It's a two-way street, right? Like, again, you are in control of all of this. And if it's not going well, you can always just end the interview. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, it's okay for you to say, you know, I don't know if this is where I want to work right now. Thank you for your time. So long. I mean, it's okay for you, again, take control. Yeah. If it's somewhere you don't want to work. I, uh, I ended an interview once, and it, like, really freaked her out. She, I guess nobody had ever ended an interview on her before. And I just got up, I stood up and said, thank you so much for your time. And she looked at me like I had two heads all of a sudden. And I was like, she's like, what, what are you doing? What, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't really think this is going to work out between us. And I can tell that you're not going to hire me. And she's like, no. And I'm like, great. Well, don't need to continue to keep talking. <laughs> thank you for your time. And off I go. Yeah. So also, I want to, there's a, I want to differentiate between interviews at a company and outside recruiters, independent recruiters. Independent recruiters are gonna ask you questions that might be a little bit invasive, but it's because the company has said, this is what we're looking for. And so that person is not interviewing you to get the job, they're interviewing you to be able to send your application on to the company. And so when they ask you questions, don't, hesitate if it's an independent recruiter don't hesitate to be able to answer those questions or to ask why they're being asked and they're going to tell you the company is looking for this this and this mm -hmm. and there's a company here in dallas that doesn't i hate to say this hire over a certain age they just don't and so if you're beyond that age why waste your time for a job that you might love where you where they know you're not going to be hired and so it, it, you have to um, be cautious and understand with whom you're interviewing and how to answer or what questions you have the right to ask. Yeah, you're, you're, that's a great point. So your third-party recruiters, your staffing companies, they know their clients. Mm -hmm. They should be preparing you going in right. for the interview. 
I, I all the time, like especially when I was an onsite manager, because I would get to know the managers in different departments. And so then when I would have candidates come in, I'm like, okay, here's what you need to say to get right. Owens to like you. And I would just tell them the things that they need to say. And then, you know, most of the managers coming in, they, you know, they're right. poverty. You're overcoaching the candidates too much. I'm like, well, <laughs> I want to make sure that you get a like them. Yeah, it's a, you know, it again, it's a two-way street, but you have to want to work there. And you don't want to waste your time interviewing somewhere that that um, that uh, third-party recruiters, Jason Cobham, is not going to hire you. Why do that to yourself? It's just, it's too painful. I think also, too, it's important to focus on impact um, instead of the details. Like, if you are, like, like, I have just very, very little IT experience in recruiting, right? Like, mostly, like, help desk and that sort of thing. I've recruited a lot of help desk people or, or you know, yeah. but so if I had a software engineer come in and start talking to me and trying to explain stuff to me, I'm like, huh? Lost, <laughs> right? But if you come in instead and tell me how you solve problems instead of getting into the, the real details of the job that don't really, I don't even know that you're going to be set yourself up in a much better uh, position. Uh, because at the end of the day, employers hire people to solve problems. And if you tell me how that is, instead of getting super geeky technical on me, uh-huh. it makes the difference. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, a, re- a third-party recruiter, like Jason just said, will tell you how to interview to get the job. Listen care- carefully to what they say. As again, they know the client. They know what they're looking for. They're trying to help you on how to answer the question so that you can move on in the process. Right. Um, so, uh, you want, Monica says, uncontrolled facial expressions, LOL. Uh, and Yolanda asks, recruiters can, can ask illegal questions. That was her question. Again, can they? No. Do they? Yes. Well, it's also, too, like, one of the things that um, we would ask, and it's how you ask the question. And so we're, we, we can't say, so do you have any felonies? But You used to be able to say that. can't say that. Anymore. But we can ask, hey, just to let you know, um, we do run background checks on all potential candidates. If I run a background check on you, is there anything that I need to know about beforehand? That you can't ask. So it's the same question. It's just done a different way. And so that person can say if they've committed a felony or not. No, I think you'll be happy with my background. Or... Um, you know, and it's not a bad thing to tell someone if what you did in the past does not affect what the job will be. So if you um, if you embezzled money, you should, probably shouldn't apply for an accounting job. That's not going to work. Or something with credit cards won't work. But if you're applying for um, work in uh, doing other things, I can't even think of anything right now. Working in a store, or or um, being in um, inventory control, or those types of jobs won't affect me. It, it that won't affect what happens. So um, 
it, it really depends on what you want to say and how you want to say it, how much you want to talk about yourself. But Jason's question is oftentimes asked that way. Yeah. And, and again, we're trained to ask the questions that way. That's uh, So if someone's not trained, they might say, have you ever committed a felony? No. Um, or, uh, yeah. But, again, so you don't have to answer those questions. I, in, in that specific case, too, I think it's, it's important to know how to tell your story. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I've had clients that have felony backgrounds before. And you know, it's like, like how do you tell your story? You need to you, and it's one of the things that I mm -hmm. help work on is the narrative for when they get and ask those kinds of questions. They just come straight out up with it. By the way, if you do need help with <laughs> working and creating a narrative for uh, your interviews, we can help with that. You can call us at 972-437-9950, extension 379. Leave a message and somebody will get back to you in 24 hours to start that process. So speaking of felonies, I don't think I've told this in a long time. When I was in staffing, I um, was covering for one of the recruiters and I had this gentleman come in who was dressed beautifully and carry himself very well and sat down and we were talking and he was applying for a position as a, a, a graphic artist and um, he said I think there's something I need to tell you first I'm like okay and he said it's a it's a little short story he said I was I had five friends four friends or five of them and we pay, played poker every Thursday night they were friends, high school, college, afterwards, married. And he said, at one time, all of us were going through a really bad time. My client was getting a divorce. Uh, another person, um, one of his parents had passed away. Different things with all of them. And so they were talking, and, and they were all sort of having money problems. And one of them said... Maybe they should be playing poker. Why well, yeah, <laughs> good point. Um, Go ahead. Why don't we rob a bank? And they laughed about it, and they talked about it for months, and they decided to do it. And they did, and they got away with it. And he said, it's like a Lay's potato chip. Once you do it once, you got to do it again. And so they did, and they did it numerous times, and they were robbing banks, and they got caught. And they went to prison, and they got out of prison because it was their first offense and all that, and that they were really nice guys. And so the person I was talking to said to me, how do I answer or how do I let someone know that the, the background check is not going to come back positive? And I said, well, one, you're a graphic artist. So it really doesn't matter about the money side. What's going to matter is the way you tell your story. And the way he told it to me, he was just being 100% honest. And he was still on probation. He followed everything his probation officer told him to do. Right. And so, anyways, he did get the job, and he was there for a long time. So, again, even though you've done something wrong, if that wrong doesn't affect the job, it might not matter. Might not matter. That's that's an interesting story. It's a great story. It's a really, it's a really story. true story. Too. Yeah, I, I uh, just had a, a client. She's she's uh, been employed now for a little while, um, but she had gotten involved in in drugs and became homeless and then like was living in her car and then she 
had her car stolen. And it's like, like, it's just like a really interesting story. Again, you know, work on crafting that narrative on how we're going to, you know, talk to employers. And she is, uh, she's been employed for four, five months now. So, um, okay. What happens, Allison, if the interviewer is hostile and you just don't feel okay? Um, I think that if you don't feel okay, like Jason did to end the interview, he knew he wasn't going to get the job. If this is a company or a person or a department that you don't want to work with or for, in the interview. You know, this was a really interesting interview. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. I think, too, um, if you kind of feel not safe, it, you need to kind of get out of the situation. And it, it could very well be just the language, something somebody said. They're like, keep creeping up on you, and you're just like, whoa, back it up, you know, kind of thing. Um, you know, or their their inherently their tone is 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 not very kind. Um, you're gonna know. You're gonna have that that spidey sense. Be like, I need to get out of here. Yeah, remain calm. Yeah, and be processing along the way. Um, don't say anything malicious or mean or negative. There's no benefit for you. And the person with whom you're interviewing may know some other company heads that you might want to work for. They'll say, oh, don't interview her. She said or he said this. Um, and it's so when I was 21 years old, I was interviewing for, I was a school teacher. I graduated a degree in English and a degree in, a degree in education. And I was interviewing for a teaching job. And I was interviewing with the assistant superintendent. And this was many years ago, and we wore short skirts and had very long hair. And um, <laughs> I go into this interview, and I don't think the guy ever saw my face. He just looked at my legs, honestly. And at that time, I had good legs. And so I had, <laughs> I had, you know, heels on and a short skirt. And um, he offered me the job, like, after the interview, which is just unheard of in education because after your background check and all that kind of yeah. stuff. I started teaching like two weeks later. I had an interview for one job. Got the job, started two weeks later, went to a meet and greet where the, the superintendent and the assistants and all that. He had no idea who I was. Absolutely. Really? But wow. you know, I could have looked at him and thought, oh, you horrible person. You, you know, you look at my feet. I did because I figured I would probably know, and that was the only time I ever saw him. Never saw him again. Saw the superintendent, my principal, never saw him. So, again, was it a positive interview? Was it a negative interview? I don't know what, I was also 21 years old, and the first time I'd interviewed for a real job. Yeah. Or, or not for a real job, but for a long term job. It, it was one of those situations where I, I felt uncomfortable, but I wasn't going to be working for him. Yeah. So it didn't really matter. Yeah. It's all things to take into account. I, strangely enough, have the exact same story. People who look at my legs. And, you know. <laughs> I believed him. <laughs> she did. She looked at me. She's like, oh. Really? <laughs> it's like, no. Well, you 
more beta too? Yeah, man, I've got the best calves. Okay, uh, we're getting close to the time, but I want to talk real quick about a few things. Oh, yeah. Is, well, it, is it okay to show your personality in an interview? Yes. And why do you say that? Because people hire people they like. Bingo. If you can relate with a person and build that rapport and relationship, show your 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 uh, personality, and show your personality anyways. Because if it's not a fit, you're not gonna be there very long. Right. I remember. So I remember my interview with you, and um, you had asked what is uh, a weakness, and I said, I said uh, I don't do math very well and, and and you said I don't do math well either and I was like then the two of us aren't doing very well right now are we <laughs> and that's exactly what happened you laughed and and you know we just we we clicked in the middle of the interview at the, and that was that point when we clicked and the rest of it was fine and you made a nice decision and <laughs> <laughs> but your personality is who you are so should you show it absolutely yes should you be overpowering? No. no. But but like there's a difference. You know, it's okay, especially at the beginning, when when you're when you are just doing that. Oh hey, how are you? It's good. It's like hey, did you see the Cowboys game the other day? Oh, you mean the blowout? Yeah, I saw that. Because now you guys have something in common. You at least right. know that you like football. Right. Right. Or if you come into my office. You see, I have a Batman mug. I like Batman. There's also two Batman figures in my office, strategically placed in the office. So, you know, that I like Batman. And if you like Batman, now we're best friends. Um, so if things aren't going well and you are not having a good interview, if you have a bad interviewer, you could ask to speak to somebody else and form a complaint. Especially if the person is hostile or extremely unprofessional. Because if they're treating you that way, they're probably treating other people that way as well. And somebody needs to know. And then if you feel really, really uncomfortable, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. And my heart's beating and I felt like I was in danger. You may want to consider calling the EEOC. Equal, uh, equal employment. Equal yes. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and file a complaint. Yeah. Um, so what happens when you do that? If um, so, and and what you see in the airports, if you see something, say something, kind of thing. Like because again, if they're doing that to you, they're probably doing it to somebody else. And if nobody speaks up, it's going to continue. If the I believe it's if they have five complaints, EEOC will then go and start an investigation into the company. So when I was in staffing at a major company here in Dallas that I absolutely loved, we were on site there, and I had uh, two recruiters there, and um, <clears throat> there was a manager who was awful, awful to employees, awful in his interviews, and we would send some great candidates, and the person would come back and say, there's no way I would work for this person. So we went to HR and said, listen, I think you have a challenge here. And we told, and you know, we, we had everything uh, written down and the date, the time, who they interviewed, all the information. And we gave it to them and said, 
exactly what Jason just said. If they're doing this with people they're interviewing, are they doing this with their employees too? Well, yeah. it turns out he was. They, you know, researched it deeper. They didn't terminate him. They actually put him on a plan and he had to take classes and show that he'd taken classes and improvement. And he actually did improve because what he'd done is he had a manager like that. So he was just in the past. Yeah. He was just um, doing the same thing that he'd been taught, not knowing that there's other better ways to do it. So there are things that can be done. You have to be um, conscious of it, and you have to um, be able to do and say the right things. And that's the most important part of all of this. Don't get angry. <clears throat> Stay calm. Don't say things that you're going to regret in the long run. Just pick your battle and figure out how and what you're going to say. Process it before anything comes out of your mouth. I think that finally, too, that the last bit is you may want to consider not working there. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, you don't have to work there. I mean, you know, and this is one of the reasons why it's important to uh, work on building champions in companies mm -hmm. to learn about the culture and how, you know, it, why, do you, why do you like working exactly. here? And so that, so that you know kind of going in what it's going to be like right. versus you get in there and it's like, okay, well, Allison just said a whole lot of really nice stuff about the company. Maybe this person just doesn't interview well. And then you can still get to make that decision of, right. I just don't want to work here. You know, it's like the story Jason told. The person who had a really rough interview wasn't even going to go back, ended up with HR, and this guy said, hey, it was a test and you passed. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and they worked together 11 years. That's crazy. Yeah, but, crazy. you know, you never know. You never know. So, uh, we're at time. And so, uh, uh, the fun question of the day is uh, a would you rather question. So, <clears throat> would you rather get a dollar every time you complimented a stranger or a hundred dollars every time you insulted a stranger? I don't usually insult a stranger. So, I think if you did, I don't. So I have to go on my past experiences. And my plus is that I'd rather compliment a stranger than insult a stranger. I would go that way, too. Uh, and it's something that I just do generally anyway. Like, right. like I, you know, I had jury duty a few months back, and uh, we went to the cafe, and the person that was doing the cash register, she was very good. She was doing two lines at the same time, and they're moving very fast. And I said, and I had my, had my vans on, right? And she had bands on. And I said, hey, I really love your shoes. And she looked down. And she said, oh, thank you. She goes, oh, you you too. So I just, I'm just like, I compliment people all the time. So, yeah, so I think a compliment versus saying something mean. I don't like mean things. I don't either. But that was the question. So why not y'all? There's a couple of y'all watching live. Tell me what you do. So next week, um, you will not be here. I won't be here. You will not be here. I will be here, next though. Next week is Thanksgiving. Wait, Wait. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's a short week. Next week, uh, we will be doing Cabinet Year Career. I will be here, and we will be talking about how to be resilient in your job search, because that's kind of important. And it's hard. It is hard. Job but, search is hard. But we're going to talk about some tactics. So come back and see me next week for that. In the meantime, have a great week. This has been Cabinet Year Career for this week. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.